So uh, every so often, um, we do what we call Transformation Sunday, and um, you, for those of you who have been here for a Transformation Sunday, we bring some people to the stage, and we have them share their God story of how Jesus has made the difference in their lives. You know, we sing the songs that we sing, you, you hear the teaching from, you know, every Sunday. And we talk about God's power to transform, to renew, uh, to recreate. And sometimes we just need to hear the stories, uh, real stories of that truth. And I think it just brings tremendous evidence that what we sing about and what we teach is true. That Jesus does just come into us and rework us from the inside out. And um, yeah, so I think we need to hear how God's working in people's lives, and I think another thing that it does is it makes us realize that we all have our junk, our lives are all a mess, nobody's excluded, we all have our sin that we wrestle with, we all have sin that we continue to wrestle with, and I think we need to know that other people struggle like we do, so that we know we're not alone in our mess, we're not alone in the struggle that we have, that, that we've all got it. It may just look a little bit different uh, from one person to the next, but we're, we're all in that category. So I think it's awesome that Nikki and Leanne are willing to do this. This just takes tremendous courage, and I think they're willing to do this not because it's easy, not because it's comfortable, but because they believe that God has given them a story to tell, and they believe that God needs to get the credit and the glory for what he's doing in their lives. So... Let's give these two ladies a warm, abundant life welcome. Fantastic. All right, easy question. Maybe not so easy. It wasn't on your list. So I know, I know. What was your favorite part of Christmas this, this year, other than Pastor Shane and his message on Christmas Eve? Don't know. See, I'm glad I get to ask the questions because I don't even know how I would answer that question. See? Yeah. Stay home on Christmas Eve. You got to stay home? We got to stay home on Christmas Eve. Okay, Uh, so that's nice just to be home, right? Yeah, we didn't have to like run around on that day. Yeah. We used to do like three stops Christmas Eve and four on Christmas Day, and it was just nuts. So we we cut that out. Yeah. I think it was just being able to have, be at home, even though I had a horrendous headache on mm. Christmas morning, um, just having all the kids there. And, of course, you know, Laura came over, so it was just nice to have the family at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I would say that was probably my favorite part, too. We were able to have my family over in between our two services and then Mary's family over after our Christmas Eve service. And we love to have people in our home, and it's decorated, and, yeah, being with people we love. And so good. Good answer. So you're off to a good start. All right, so the first question, and they, they have had these questions, so they've had time to think about them. But uh, the first question we typically ask is, you know, what did your parents think of Jesus Christ? So as, you know, you're little and you're growing up, what were your parents' thoughts on Christ? So Nikki, answer that question for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My parents, um, they knew God. But um, my mom was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, um, so my grandparents were still Jehovah's Witnesses. So when I was growing up, 
we didn't, you know, have a Bible study at home. We didn't pray at home because mm. mom just really wasn't a follower. Mm-hmm. So um, when my, well, all my all my siblings are older. I'm the youngest. So um, my oldest sister took it upon herself when she was old enough to drive that she would start taking us to the to the Jehovah's Witness meetings and everything with her um, to my with my grandparents. So uh, you know, I I went because I was forced to. Yeah. I didn't really have a choice. Um, but it wasn't until um, my oldest sister got married in 1990 where my mom actually started going back to the Kingdom Hall and everything to to go. But even then, I mean, she would go, but it just didn't. It nothing really changed at home. Right. Right. So they believed in the God of Jehovah Witness, right? Um, and it was, but they weren't even really diligent and really intentional in pursuing that per se no, either. No, mom really wasn't. My oldest sister, she she was. She was completely into it. Um, mm. And um, she, she would take us to meetings. They had meetings. They had a, like a Bible study every Tuesday night. There were meetings every Thursday night. Um, mm. And then... Sunday mornings that there was, you know, a service, and then Saturdays um, and Sunday afternoons they would they would go out and service where they went door to door. So that was just something that I was always taken to when I okay. was growing up. Now, how did your parents get get into that particular worldview, which is definitely different than the Christian worldview? You know, I don't know how my dad was raised. Uh-huh. He doesn't really talk about it. I don't, my grandparents, um, his parents were already gone by the time that I was old enough to even really acknowledge anything. So I just know, you know, my mom was brought up a Jehovah's Witness. My grandfather was. Okay. And, so it's. And, and it's kind you know, of been his parents down. were, yeah. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Thanks for sharing that. All right, Leanne. Don't, Same question. Don't ever say you'll never do this. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And that you'll tell Shane no. Yeah. Yeah, it's the true story here. So if you tell me you'll never do this, guess what? You're going to be doing this. Because Alicia, my my sister-in-law, swore she would never, ever get up on this stage and share her story. Well, she did it. And Leanne is another person who said she would never, ever be up here. But look at her sitting here answering these questions. So be careful what you say to Pastor Shane, right? (laughs) That's right. Go ahead. Anyways, um, they believe that Je- or that God was the creator of the world, mm-hmm. and that Jesus, God, um, was the only way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. So I was raised with Jesus all around. Raised with Jesus all around, right? So everybody's story is different. You know, some <laughs> some stories are that way where. They're just raised and they, they grow up in the church, right? And they grow up in the, in, in the Christian faith. So my wife was one of them. Um, my, my story is a bit different. So, yeah, we all come from different starting points, don't we? Mm-hmm. All right, second question. Let me look at my notes. You guys probably already know what it is. Growing up, what was your view of God? So, you know, what was your concept of God? And that can look different for each kid, right? Their perception of who God is, what he's like, what, how you interact with him, you know, those sorts of things. So go ahead. Um, even though I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, um, I still had the foundation of like the, the Bible stories. So mm-hmm. that was, um, I still had the fundamentals of all the, the, the stories about Jesus and his death and resurrection. And, um, mm. 
but I always knew, I knew I was different from everybody else around me, my friends at school. um, I wasn't able to participate in things that they were allowed to, you know, I didn't celebrate holidays the way, I mean, I sat out in the the hallway most of the time whenever they had parties and stuff at school because I wasn't allowed. Oh, wow. Um, So to me, I mean, when I was growing up, I, I understood, you know, the Bible stories and everything, but I just, I always felt like an outsider. Um, always kind of looking in on everybody else and wondering, well, well, you know, why is it so different for me than it is for everybody else? Sure. Um, Yeah. So, so how did you, did you view God as a loving God? Did you view God as a distant God that's kind of just, you know, hands off? Did you view God as like an angry kind of God that's just looking to zap you whenever you're out of line? Was it a mix? I mean, everybody's God view is different. It was definitely a mix. Um, I knew that he was a loving God, but, you know, again, from just, you know, having all those Bible stories, you know that he's a loving God, but then, you know, he did things like, you know, brought about the flood and took out all the wicked people. Yeah, right. So... It, it, it was a mix, um, mm-hmm. but I knew that, you know, God was the creator of the earth, that Jesus was his son, you know, that, that Jesus was the way that, you know, through his sacrifice of his death that we became able to be saved. But yeah. um, in in that religion, it was that um, there were only so many that right. were going to be saved. Right. There was only so many that had that promise of heaven, and 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 everybody else was just kind of on the left outside. to be yeah. on the outside again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a very exclusive rather than inclusive kind of God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good answer, good job, Leanne. What was your so you know? Uh, I think sometimes people assume that if you grow up in a Christian home, that you just have it all figured out, and that your perception of God is just completely accurate from the beginning and but I don't know if it's always that way and I tend to think it probably isn't you know as best as our parents try to do right so tell us what your God concept was how did you view God growing up um this is kind of a weird answer but this is the truth I thought God was as big as the rock at Dundee Falls okay like that was in my head, the one with graffiti all over it. We <laughs> would walk by it, maybe go to Camp Buckeye or something. So I have no idea why that particular image was there, but that's how big I thought God was, as big as that rock. Um, and another thing, I, I thought that, and again, I don't know where this came from, I thought that everything in the Bible happened in heaven I didn't it wasn't until like I don't know how old I was older than I probably should have been before I realized that everything happened on earth Hmm. so I had I don't know like two different um things and I told Shane I'd cry (laughs) so Hmm. I will cry the majority of this time Mm -hmm. get very emotional I've been since this big when I talk about God. Mm. Communion I would dread at a very young age. Mm-hmm. 
I just have been an emotional person overall, but mm. when I would talk about God very young, mm. um, but I would say the last two years, we'll get more into that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I just want to yeah. do this. <laughs> oh, you, you're fine. Hey, I told her, I said, I've cried in front of this congregation <laughs> more times than I care to admit. <laughs> so welcome to the club. You know, hey, we're in this together. Hopefully I'll get it um, <laughs> Tell me a little bit more of the, of the dread of, of communion. So w- yeah. tell, tell us a little bit more about um, that. I thought being emotional and at church or, <laughs> yeah, just that church was a sign of weakness. And uh. so, like, I hated the thought of, I know I'm going to cry mm. or get emotional about God and church. Uh, and I thought that was a sign of weakness. Sign of weakness. And so just the anticipation of that made yes. you just dread it and like, I don't want to be emotional. Right. I don't want to be weak. Right, right. Yeah. So the last two years, I feel like I've started to grasp who God is. Um, hmm. But I would say over the last two years, I've like started to really understand. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right, next question. I, sh- I shouldn't have these questions. You've looked at them probably m- way more of this last week than I have. So third question, before Christ, what was your general attitude and approach to life? So before Christ, and now, you know, Leanne, your story is going to be a little bit different. I mean, it may be, you know, prior to these last two years, what was your general approach to life? But yeah, how, how would you answer th- that question, Nikki? What was your attitude? What, 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 what drove you? Uh, where did you think, you know, satisfaction and significance and security was found? You know, kind of all those sorts of things. Okay, see, this is where it's going to get ugly, and the ugly crying is going to come out. So. All right, we're um, ready for it. <laughs> Give it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, as a kind of a, in my, in my early teens, um, I did what was expected of me as far as the religion and everything. Um, you know, I, I went to meetings like I was supposed to. I, you know, went door to door like I was supposed to. Um, I, when I was 14, I got baptized as a Jehovah's Witness because that was what I was expected to do. My my sister was being baptized the same year, and my best friend was getting baptized, so it was just something to do. Um, but it, my heart just wasn't into it. Right. But it was what was expected of me. Absolutely. Um, and then when I was 16, um, I was sexually assaulted in my own room in my own home. Wow. And um, it was a friend of my sister's. Hmm. Um, and I, it took me months. It took me months to tell anybody. Sure. Um, because I was had those feelings of shame, like I did something to bring that on mm. or that I was responsible for that. Mm. And um, my <laughs> my way of, of 
coping with it is way different than what the media um, shows it to be and what I guess normal people would think that your response to that should be. Um, mm -hmm. I became very promiscuous. Mm. I didn't shut down and um, mm. and kind of hibernate to myself. I needed to feel like I had some kind of control right. over my own life mm -hmm. and over what happened to me and what happened to my own body. And mm -hmm. so I was <laughs> I was very promiscuous. Mm -hmm. I was careful. <laughs> um, but I was it was not a good place to be. And that's really when sin took a hold on me because I was trying to find my significance in and having control over what I was doing and having control over whether or not I was going to be intimate with anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and when I finally um, came out and told my parents, that was kind of the, the beginning of the downfall of my mom and I's relationship. Um, she's basically told me that um, I was a slut Mm. And that I brought it upon myself, which is the one thing that, trust me, you never want to hear. Sure, absolutely. You never want to hear that come from your own parents mm. tell you that you brought that on yourself. Mm -hmm. But for years, our relationship was, was never, it was never good after that for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. Um. Finally, when I um, I turned 18, um, I started really walking away from from the religion. I, I was still going through the motions all that time. I, I tried to hide everything really well that, you know, I was going and doing what I was supposed to do, but nobody knew, you know, what I was doing when the, I was away. The double life, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Um, and then... Um, I uh, I ended up meeting Paul um, and started dating him. And then um, when I moved out of my parents' house, um, they basically excommunicated me from the religion because I, you know, dated and, and married somebody outside of the religion. And part of that means that um, your own family, once you're basically kicked out of it your own family's not allowed to talk to you mm. so it's hard because th we're just really a close family anyway um so that meant that my oldest sister who by this time had been um married to an elder in that in that religion um she couldn't talk to me at all um I haven't actually seen my nephew since he was five. <laughs> He's actually going to be getting married this next year. Wow. So, but it also meant that my parents couldn't talk to me because now they were involved in it. Hmm. Um, hmm. My dad still would talk to me because um, I'm the youngest, so I'm kind of daddy's little girl anyway. So, <laughs> That didn't seem to really bother him, but my mom wouldn't talk to me. Um, hmm. And imagine the pain and the hurt. I mean, going through what you went through and then having the response 
of your mom and, and your parents and then your church be all of that. That had to be an extremely, extremely lonely, um, just difficult, tremendously sad kind of a place for sure. It was, and it it, it was really hard because on my wedding day, my dad showed up and my sisters all showed up. And my, originally my, we were going to get married here. Mm. Um, and my mom said that if we got married here in the church, she wouldn't come. So we rearranged our wedding plans so that we could get married at the same place we were having our reception. And then my wedding day, my dad shows up and my mom's not with him. Mm -hmm. So she didn't even come to my wedding. Mm -hmm. That's how much control that the church and my oldest sister had over her at the time. Mm. I appreciate you sharing that. That that gives us a window into kind of how you were living life and what you were up against and what you were dealing with. And I'm sure there's a lot more, right? Like you know, those those are some of the cliff notes, but Yeah, that's just the cliff notes yeah, version. Right. Um but yeah, it was hard, but I just after having to go through, you know, them not being able to talk to my family, I was just completely turned off religion sure. altogether. I was like, if this is how it's gonna be Yeah, who wants that? I don't want any part of any of it. So I don't blame you. Yeah. Leanne. Talk to us about your general approach and attitude towards life and how you kind of were, were living and going about things prior to God really just grabbing a hold of your heart here in these last couple of years. I'm going to cry before I even start talking. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm trying to decide who I'm going to look at. <laughs> and I haven't found, maybe Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry, Joe. Um, so I typed everything out, and I'm just I'm gonna try and just read it. Yeah, go ahead. Or else you'll hear. <laughs> okay. Um, Christ has always been a part of my life. Um, I wouldn't say I had a relationship with Him always, um, but I've always believed there was a God, and that Jesus died for me. Um, I hadn't realized like how much of a sinner. I was um, so much later on in life. Not that I'm not that old, but um, I, that's probably been in the last year, um, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. I, I just thought I was a good person. Hmm. Um, but <laughs> my sin um, was a little bit different. <laughs> um, it crippled me. Because I thrived on what people thought about me. Hmm. I couldn't have cared less what God thought. Hmm. Um, I was a people pleaser to a very, very unhealthy degree. Hmm. <laughs> very unhealthy. Um, but I also became very bitter. Um, I had very hateful thoughts towards people and extremely judgmental. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it didn't matter if it was the person next to me at the stoplight 
or the person sitting next to me at church. <laughs> I would judge them really bad. <laughs> so, uh, like, but it got to a point where it, like, crippled me. Hmm. Um, and I was driven by people not thinking I was a bad person or I did wrong, that I was just a good little Christian girl that, so I would like thrive off of that. Um, and yeah, so, but I still struggle with it a lot. Um, but <laughs> I feel like I've come quite a ways in that department. Mm -hmm. And the next question kind of goes into that as to why. Um, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and go into that question. <laughs> So what is the question? Yeah. <laughs> this should be clear on that. <laughs> oh, jeez. What key events uh, and people that led you to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that's mm. uh, the only one who can make us right with God mm -hmm. and he alone deserves our complete surrender? Mm. Why are you in the front row? Can you move today? Um, about 10 years ago, I'd been on a roller coaster. <laughs> I do little dips down, little hills up, and then I'd plummet. <sighs> My fear and anxiety. where it would paralyze me like almost physically mm -hmm. I'd sit on the couch couldn't move mm. didn't want to go anywhere depression the summer I was pregnant with Libby Cooper and I did nothing Ryan worked afternoons. <laughs> it got so bad. I couldn't drive. <sighs> couldn't go to the store alone. I had Olivia. And I got a text from Mary that said, hey, do you want to start a small group? And prior to that, Shane had been talking for a long time about um, if you feel like you need discipled, ask. And I knew I needed to. Um, but again, I didn't want to be that weak person that asked to be discipled. I was raised in the church. Why do I need to be discipled? Mm -hmm. And so I thought about it, and I'm like, man, I wish somebody would just ask. And I got the text, and she's like, pray and think about it. I didn't need to. I knew that I needed it. I had never been in a small group like that. I don't think I'd, you know, I'd been in large Bible studies. Um, 
like a large group, but I was, the thought of being in an intimate relationship with people, like sharing everything in, in where I was emotionally, was a horrifying thought. Mm. One, how am I going to get there? Ryan's going to have to take me, pack up the kids because I can't drive. And so I think it was our first meeting we were talking about where we were. And Mary's like, you need to go to counseling. Hmm. I'm like, no. (laughs) Weak people do that. Hmm. And I think it was the following week. Hey, have you thought any more about it? Yeah. Are you going to go? I don't want to. (laughs) And they kept kind of pushing me. All of the girls in my group, there was four of us total. And I went. Hmm. I thought I was going to throw up. Hmm. Somebody had to drive me. Hmm. And I started intense counseling sessions that changed my life. Mm. And I mean, from inside out, it was a painful thing to go through. I won't say it was easy. Um, There was things that we had to root through. It took weeks as to why I was crippled by anxiety and fear. Mm. That started in February. And so, I don't know, about after the first month, I was starting to see a little bit of light. I was able to get out. I was starting to eat. Mm. Um, By that summer, I think I had drove by myself to the school and back home. And I'm pretty sure by the end of the summer, I was asked how my soul felt. Hmm. I never had that question asked before. And for the first time in a long time, I felt like it was alive. Hmm. I hadn't felt that alive. Um, I didn't care what people thought about me anymore. I didn't. I don't, I still don't really care. Um, (laughs) I do what's best for me now. And I say no a lot now. Um, It took an army (laughs) to get me to where I am today. Mm. It truly did. Mm. Uh, My group, family members that drove me to counseling every week watch my kids so I can get there. I I truly God has transformed me like I I still can't believe it. It's hard for me to grasp a lot of days where I've come how, how far I have come. Um I like to kick anxiety every day in the face if I can. Mm-hmm. I try something new. I do something new. 
I try to push myself now because it is an amazing feeling when you do something you don't think you can do. Hmm. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, um, I, f- I, f- I feel hungry for God. Hmm. Um, I want to be more like him after this process. So please, I am begging you, (laughs) if you need counseling of any kind, please do not (laughs) put it off any longer. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's just to go talk to somebody about how to process life and do it. I promise you it will change your life. Um, Last October, though, again, I still have ups and downs. Every day, it's still a challenge. Um, my counselor told now, mind you, <laughs> her and I had spent an hour with each other every week, and I have never met a person like her. Shay, you can. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. Had the same one, and she told me that she was quitting, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I can't do this again." Um, but I still think about her. It's been a year since I've seen her. She went on to a different position at a different place, but I had an amazing (laughs) bond with somebody that I didn't think I could even talk to. Um, so anyways, it's, yeah, it's, it's been kind of a fun last two years I guess as mm. well just kind of becoming a new person because mm. um, I really feel like a completely different person Amen. thanks for sharing that it's awesome Nikki so what were some key events key people key circumstances that led you to the Jesus that the scriptures you know teach about um, like I said, I just was completely turned off by religion altogether. Mm. Um, and then shortly after um, Alex was born, Paul and I made a decision. Well, you know, he wanted to go back to church. Mm. And I fought him tooth and nail as long as I could because mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to have anything to do with any kind of religion. Um, and we tried a, a few different places because he knew where I came from as far as my you know, church background. So um, just trying to find, mostly it was about trying to find somewhere I was comfortable. He didn't really care, (laughs) I guess. Um, It was all about trying to find somewhere where I felt comfortable. Um, We tried a a Baptist church. We tried a Catholic church, which was not for me because I think the one that we went to, um, I think we were the youngest ones there, and with a baby that was crying, it was just not, <laughs> it was not pretty. There were all kinds of people turning around and looking, and I was like, okay, let's just go. Um, we went to, um, I forget what church it is. It's one on 38th Street. Yeah, you, you don't have to name names. But, um, I mean, we went to a, a lot of different places, yeah. um, and it was... I wasn't comfortable with the teaching or the atmosphere or the children's programs or um, just some of the other 
strange things, at least to me, that were very strange things that I didn't want to have anything to do with. You're trying um, to get away from strange. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so finally, Paul's like, you know what? He's like, let's just go to Abundant Life. That's, you know, where my dad goes, where my mom goes. Let's just go there. And um, so we came here. And there's just love when you walk in those doors. Because mm-hmm. there's so many people that just want to know who you are. They just want to love on you. Mm-hmm. They don't care where you came from. They don't care that you're not, you know, dressed to the nines for a Sunday morning, which is always good for me because uh, I hate wearing dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody here was so welcoming. And then just to have families that were here with younger kids, it was just, it was comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's where... Felt like you could belong, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... Um, that was a huge role for me because <laughs> Pat by the way for those of you who don't know Leanne's mother so and she passed away um, how long ago has it been Te- it's been 10 years and so that was the start of your roller coaster especially that kind of downward spiral um, she was the mother of this church I mean she was just this amazing phenomenal woman who never met a stranger who made everybody here feel just like they belonged and so it was key that was key for you and we had so much in common um she would tell me that i was the youngest person she knew that was in menopause um She completely understood why I wore tank tops and (laughs) flip-flops in the wintertime when it was 30 degrees outside. Um, But she played a huge role in my life in becoming born again as a Christian because Roger's family has a Jehovah's Witness background, too. So the two of them together were really able to pull from what I was taught to um, put everything in perspective for me and put it into terms and that I would understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had, at the time, there was a women's Bible study that would meet um, in the mornings during the week, so that was a huge thing for me, too, also being the youngest one there. Um, mm-hmm. But... Um, just being able to to get that spiritual insight from others that were um, more mature in Christ yeah. was a huge, huge thing for me. Yeah. And then um, it's just. <sighs> and so do you feel like that's what really led you to a place where you're like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I want to fo- follow this Jesus. He, absolutely. He's my king. He's my Lord. I want to learn to live for him. I want to be like these people. <laughs> They've got something I want. They do. They yeah. do. It was, it was, it was eye-opening 
to finally learn the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Um, you know, since your mom was brought up, you know, I'm just curious, you know, how has that, because that, that was just a tremendous shock um, to this church, to many people, um, I think in some ways we're still trying to recover and Ten years later, I, I, I think, you know, uh, what was that like for you in your faith journey dealing with the loss of your of your mom? How old was she when she? Sixty-two. Sixty-two. So what was that like for you in your faith was journey? sixty-two? Yeah. <coughs> well, yeah, she just started getting her check is what she said. <laughs> um... I don't know. I, uh, after she was gone and dad retired, it was like, Ugh, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to be here every service. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, Sunday, Bible studies, visit on Saturdays. <laughs> so when I wasn't connected to that anymore, see ya. Mm-hmm. Um, I still came sometimes, but I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was weird. I bet. It was really weird. I bet. Yeah. So, hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just kind of, I just kept going further and further. Yeah. That kind of <laughs> catapulted you in that yeah. kind of direction. Yeah, and I can imagine that every time you would walk in these doors, yeah, what are you gonna think? I mean, it's gonna be weird, and you're gonna constantly be thinking about your mom, yeah, because she was such a the lifeblood of this this church, her and Roger. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I could keep talking to you for like two more hours, and, <laughs> and I just have all these questions that I want to ask you, and but uh, our time is up. But you too did a fantastic job, and I think. Um, what this just so illustrates is that God can come in and he can transform and he can change and he can just rework us. And I know he's still chiseling you and still conforming you to into his image. And, the, and there's a lot more work to do, um, just like all of us. But praise him for his intervention. Praise him that um, even when you guys were wallowing in anxiety and fear or a promiscuous lifestyle that he did not stop pursuing you. He is the God that will leave the 99 to go find that that one lost sheep. And he found you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, let's give him a round of applause. And, and let's pray for them and then we'll sing this last song. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for Nikki and Leanne, and I thank you for who you have made them to be and how you are currently working them to, uh, working and crafting them into this person that you know that uh, you have designed them to be. Thank you for your faithfulness to them. Thank you that even though when they uh, were trying to run away and trying to just get their distance Uh, from you and your people, that you continue to pursue them and that you brought them back into the fold. We thank you so much that uh, you have brought life and and joy 
uh, into their lives. We pray that you continue to work in them in powerful ways and that they would be willing to continue to share their story. Uh, people need to hear their stories. We need to hear their stories. Lord, you know, if there's anybody here this morning that is just really struggling, really struggling with fear, really struggling with anxiety, really struggling with they have done too much wrong, they, they've, they've, they're past the, the point of a redemption. I pray that these stories, that you will utilize them to speak into the people's hearts that may be thinking that this morning and that they would uh, recognize that it's, it's, a, it's a very strong thing to ask for help, that, 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 that's, that that's a good thing and that they'd be willing to do that. Lord, thank you for the people that you have placed in these ladies' lives that, have, that you have utilized to love these two ladies well. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.